0: Welcome to episode 16 of MADE, the podcast about purpose-driven design, making, and manufacturing. Today we're going to be sharing and discussing the first annual MADE lighting challenge. Let's continue the conversation. Hi everyone, welcome back to the May Podcast. With me today as always is Ray Pena. How you doing? Claudia Berrigan. Hello. And I am Jose Valcarcel. Guys, how's how, how are you guys doing? Pretty good, how are you guys? Doing good.
1: Doing well, doing well.
0: Yeah. Just Staying
1: uh
0: busy. Yeah, a little hot. It's been hot here in Florida. A, a little hot. <laughs> it's been hot here in DC. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we just got a shed for the outside, so I've been working outside, putting stuff in that shed, so,
2: yeah. Yeah, well, for uh, for me, remember, I'm building a building. And,
0: <laughs> a <and> big shed.
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of a bigger shed. You've yeah. got, uh, what do you got, about 10 square feet back there?
0: Uh, No, it's five by five, so, so 25, 25 square feet, feet
2: yeah. Um, I got almost 5,000 square feet that I'm putting up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, behind the shop and uh it's not really a shed for me it's it's for uh the the machine shop mm-hmm. but they started uh it's a pemb and for the listeners who don't know that's a pre-engineered metal building yeah. uh which is uh, you see them all the time but you may not know what they are uh the steel started going up today
3: mm.
2: so last week was foundation steel's being hung right now and will probably be weather tight by next week
0: Oh, nice. So, yeah. if we're going to be up your way next week sometime. So maybe yeah, we'll you'll probably be able one. to
2: walk inside that building.
0: Cool. Very cool. Look forward to it.
2: Yeah, it'll be fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're uh, we're going to go pick up, because Ray's other uh, side job is, uh, he's become a cat breeder. <laughs> <laughs> so I
2: wouldn't say breeder, but it, it sure looks like it.
1: <laughs> so they just like to go and drop him off at your place. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've cats like. have got five
2: there. little kittens that need homes.
0: Yeah, so we're going to go grab one of the cats. And, uh, and grow our family here.
2: You should take two. No.
0: no. Yeah,
2: a male and a female. they be, will be brother and sister and play can play with each other.
0: No, I know you're used to being outnumbered by animals, but <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah, we
1: have a limit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, there are more animals in the house than people.
0: Right, yeah, yeah That we can't do that. That's no, when no. you're just asking for a revolution. We need to keep a yeah.
1: balance here. <laughs>
0: uh, well, good. Um, so... A special episode, really, today. Yes, something yeah. we haven't done before. Exactly, a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, now we've been calling it, or we, we dubbed it last week, the first annual Made Lighting Challenge, because we decided to challenge ourselves. We we just sort of came up with it, and anyway. we are like, oh, we should do a project that we can talk about on the show. And it just sort of happened that we all were like, oh, we have the stuff to make lights. right? So let's make a light project.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No,
0: it's the first annual lighting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll you know we'll. <laughs> I named it that just because it sounds great. So I'm not sure if, we'll that,
2: if that should be like Crazy Eddie kind of thing or if it should be like Don LaFontaine, you know, <laughs> the first annual lighting challenge. You know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure which way it should be.
0: They are both probably too extreme for what it is. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three people putting together lights, they're both way too extreme.
2: For way too, yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah but um, so since last week we did a whole episode on news, we figured this week let's skip over news again and let's just talk about our projects, our lighting projects. Um, and for everybody, there's going to be, on Ray's YouTube channel, there's going to be a reason for everybody goes to, to go to Ray's YouTube channel, is where there's going to be videos of the lights and some and the process of making the lights.
2: Yes, and uh, I'm going to put uh, – my video's already up, and I'll be putting your video up uh, before this co- airs, and you'll have a link to that.
0: Yep, we'll have a link in the in the show notes. and uh, So go to Ray's YouTube channel, find the videos, and subscribe while you're there. You know, Leave some comments as well as to what you think about the lights, and maybe we'll read some of them in the air next week. So well, why don't we just get right into it, and let's just talk about what we did for the lights. Let's yes. get to our main topic.
3: All right start.
0: All right, here we go. All right, well, let's get into our main topic on uh, a different one this week, because we normally talk about, you know, either things that we've seen in the news or, you know, some kind of topic about making, some kind of topic of architecture or, or whatnot, but this is actually we're going to talk about stuff that we've all done.
2: Well, we kind of issued ourselves a, a little bit of a challenge.
0: Yeah. yeah. What did we call it in that show? Was it the first annual? Um, the Lamp
2: Build-Off or the Lamp Challenge Yeah, or the Lamp
0: Building Challenge. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, yeah, the first annual something like that challenge. <laughs> and I think this is something we should do more often is, you know, do projects amongst ourselves and share them with people.
3: Yeah.
0: So I think we have a couple of ideas of others that might be coming up. Not be a good um, idea, yeah. Yeah, so, I guess, let's first, for people that didn't hear, that didn't listen last week, what we decided to do is, we didn't share with each other, we were going to do a lighting project, right? And we all took an approach to it, and we each made a project, and, and now we the YouTube, the YouTube videos of them should be up by the time this comes out, as well as uh, on the Facebook page, we'll maybe put some images of the finished products. Mm-hmm. Um, are we gonna try and do a a vote? Yes. I'm you gonna do hit you, vote. Claudia, because <laughs> you're the one that has <laughs> to line that up. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, we're gonna do a vote on um on Facebook. Okay. Yes. All
0: right. So if we can figure that out, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna figure out a vote as to which which lamp you guys like. No hurt feelings either way.
3: Mm-hmm. Nope.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we'll go from there. I think we we may try and do a giveaway as well of one or more of the lamps. Uh, maybe we'll take one with us to some events that we may go to. I don't want to speak too soon. I did get an email <laughs> about that. Um, and, uh, and maybe give away one there as well. So we'll figure out that way. But for now, we'll start with, uh, with the, the vote from the listeners. Um, so how are we going to do this? Who who wants to start first, I guess, in what they did with their lamp?
2: Well, uh, maybe one thing I'd like to talk about first is that we we didn't have any... Prescribed approach. Right. Uh, there was no rules. It was just make a, a, a lighting fixture or a lamp, mm-hmm. and it was completely open ended. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No rules. No
0: budget. No. Uh, you could start with whatever you wanted. You could use whatever you wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. No type we, of lamp. Right.
2: Exactly. And what I think is interesting is that even though it was completely open ended and we didn't share uh, with each other what we were doing, we kind of had that same basic theme of the lamp and that was uh would you call that um reusing existing materials
0: yeah i think we all reused stuff we already had in Mm -hmm. our homes or shops yeah laying around yeah yeah, laying around in everybody's Mm
1: -hmm. apartment anybody's apartment.
0: now say some of the stuff we used claudia used we had laying around because we acquired at some point or another um for various reasons i know the, the thing you used claudia we had specifically bought because we wanted to make a lamp out of it at some point yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: So it was already predestined.
0: That was predestined. The thing <laughs> I used, I got because it's an old thing. <laughs> and I was fascinated by it at the time.
2: So yeah. why don't we just start there? Why don't you guys start with uh, with the things you used? And- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that?
0: Yeah, let's start with everything, with what things we all used. Mm-hmm. And then we can go from there. Right, when, when you start going
1: Yeah. So um, Jose and I like to go to different savage um, stores or places throughout any you know, usually we'll do it within our city and then we'll expand to the region so it's just basically picker picker spot um, and some of our favorite spots are like um, places where um, it's reclamation or repurposing stores or warehouses of uh, building materials so those are the the best places I think is because people will um, people and companies and organizations will donate anything mm-hmm. so you will find um like, pews from a church, you know, right. <laughs> or, or, like, uh, uh, a counter from a bank.
0: You, you can find anything, anything. We went to a tombstone at one of these places.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, you at that point, your, like, imagination just flows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of those, uh, they also have um, stores there of other, like, little mini shops inside them of um, makers or people who um, upcycle these materials, and, you know, you get to see what they would do with their... With their furniture, or with what people find, or you know, like at this places, so it's kind of cool. So uh, this time we went to Black Dog um, Salvages in Roanoke, Virginia, and there's actually they actually have a
0: they have a reality, uh, a reality show. TV like, it show. Right? Yeah, like docu- I it sounded familiar. It's a docu style. I think it's called uh, Salvage Dogs. Is the name of the show? I'll put a link on the on the show notes.
1: Yeah, and that. that's where um, we saw this um, lamp, and it's it's a. Um, the theater, theater lamp, light. Light, yeah. right? The theater it's light. New theater yeah. light, and it's like reminiscent of Times Square theaters mm-hmm. light. Um, and it didn't have anything. I mean, it was basically uh, hollowed inside. Well, no, it wasn't hollowed inside. It had the original.
0: It had the, original the wiring and the wiring inside thing, it, yeah. yeah.
1: And but all of that needed to be needed to come out. So I right. took all of that out. And um, the other thing that we have laying around, and we, this we do have constantly, and I think everybody can relate to that, is just um, old Ikea lamps, right, Mm -hmm. that you, either pendant lamps or just lamps, even from Target or or Walmart that people will have, you know, from your college years, even Mm -hmm. laying around, and um, some of those had already the the, switches switches on it, so I had both a, a pendant lamp and a switch lamp. Uh, yeah. yeah they use those to to, to put it together um, you know you clean up because it comes dirty and stuff so you clean it up but you know you want to keep the the look of it being used
0: mm-hmm. yeah so that's, that's mostly what you use that's yeah there were some other parts in there that we'll get into as, as you, we talk about how you did it mm-hmm. um, what about you right when you get you, you used a bunch of stuff too
2: uh, yeah so I uh, you know I, t- I took a different approach and that is uh, you know making it from scratch but uh only using uh waste uh, items or or scrap items that i had either at uh, at my shop here in, at home or the shop at work and i i found some uh, aluminum strips <clears throat> that are actually waste products from a job that we do where we cut rubber and rubber when you cut on the water jet is too flimsy so we sandwich it between two sheets of aluminum thin sheets of aluminum, and we cut the rubber parts. Well, we've been doing this for at least five years. So for five years, I've been scrapping all these strips. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I uh, I went back there and I and I selected them. And then like three or four weeks later, we decided to do this challenge. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use those strips that I've been scrapping for five years mm-hmm. and okay. finally have a, a function for it. So um, And it came out so nice. I think the next time we run that, I'm, I will save them again. Nice um so uh yeah that was it basically some uh, some aluminum strips uh, a couple of pieces of scrap wood and i think you saw in the video the shape of the wood was clearly left over from something else right uh and i uh I reused that and then uh, the butterfly cases that i make mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you guys are familiar with yeah. um that are, acrylic. I, that are acrylic i had some rings left over and i used that for the uh the actual um i don't know I don't know what you would call it, the lens, maybe? We'll call it the lens of oh, uh, the uh, lamp. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And I also recycled an old lamp, a, a lamp that I probably took apart five years ago. It's one of those things that kind of fell over and broke, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like a touch lamp.
0: Yeah.
2: So that lamp didn't have a switch on it because the switch was the touch sensor that broke.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so that's the one thing I had to actually buy new was the switch for the, uh, for the lamp cord. Nice. Yeah. Okay,
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, what I did is I I had acquired this old, and I mean old, um, photo enlarger. And for those that don't know, photo enlarger is the machine you used to use back in the day um, to put the negative in, it would project the image out of this device at a larger size and you could, you know, move the device up and down so that you could Scale the image up and down on the photo paper, and then you would develop the photo paper once you exposed it. Um, so this uh, vintage enlarger I've had around probably six, seven years because uh, I it had been left at I was taking photography classes with this friend of mine, um, and uh, this enlarger had been left it was uh, uh, had been left in the class for whoever wanted it, and nobody wanted it because nobody nobody shoots that way anymore you know very people go shoot film as it is and those that do shoot film usually scan it to make prints they don't use the photo enlarger anymore um, but i got it i was like ah, oh, you know maybe one of these days i'll try to do some enlarging with it and um, a few years after that i actually got an even a, a more modern modern you know being like still a 10 year old and larger that's more of a contemporary thing so i knew i was never going to use this thing nobody was going to use this thing because as the label said it had been made in west berlin <laughs> which puts it right around, you know, the Second World War <laughs> is when mm-hmm. this thing was done, was made. Um, so I decided I'm going to turn it into a lamp. You know, so I took a lot of the guts of it out. I took the lens out, I took um, the light bulb that was there out, and I married it with a also an IKEA pendant light that we we had a couple of them. Um, so I used the cord for that, and... The one thing I kept from the mechanics of it is it has this old sort of toggle switch that you push it in and you push it out to turn it on. But I like the vintage look of it. Uh, When I took it apart it looked like it could work fine with the modern um, cord. So I attached it to the new cord and I wired it to the new cord and it's been working fine. So,
3: yeah.
0: That's what I used. You know, that's all the parts we used. We didn't really go out and buy anything. None of us bought anything. I guess the next thing would be to get a little more involved in what the actual building process was, right? Mm-hmm. I like, what what sort of stumbling blocks did anybody run into as you were trying to do this?
1: Um, I guess I would say one thing, one additional thing, just as an add-on, um, as we were trying to figure out, you know, design solutions or to, to, you know, to, to issues of the light, for example, with yours, Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, we even thought at one point and we were like well what if we were to use acrylic mm-hmm. in, in this particular part and then quickly we thought oh well well Ray probably has some some leftover acrylic uh, from his from the butter from the from from, from the butterfly cases right. and it's interesting because that um, you know that tells you about a community of friends that are making mm-hmm. that you know you kind of know what your other friends have, and what kind of parts they have, and um, what tools they would even have. Mm-hmm. So then you know you, you start solving your problems that way, based on hey well I can ask this person if they have some leftover you know wood from something, mm-hmm. or you know oh I know this other person has this particular tool, and um and then you could barter too with each other you know like I like sewing you know like you you know like I may not be good at sewing so I know a, a friend of mine who's better at sewing and maybe she can teach me so
0: yeah collaboration collaboration
1: type of thing and and then keep that in mind in in the process too Mm -hmm. um we we didn't end up using that but you know it's like it's always you keep that in mind and i don't know like
0: i think well i still might because one of the parts that i made for mine i i'm thinking i need to i want to redo it in a in a more sturdy acrylic so i might get with you rayon because i know you're very good at gluing the acrylic. so yeah
2: yeah i i saw that in your lamp and i'm like i wonder how he shaped that thing because I don't know if it was really thin and, du- and doubled over like many layers. I couldn't really get a good look at it, but it looked like it was several layers and it, quite not as even as you would like it. So, yeah, we can cut something and make it uh, you know, more professional.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking that because I used it out of this. I have a very, it's, it's thin. It, it's actually still thick enough that you can score it and bend it. You know, it's, it's just plastic. Yeah. Um, the worry with it is, you know, and this is when you test things out is that if, depending on what light bulb you put inside of here, it can get pretty hot. Yes. And then it could melt the plastic if it's not made to go in that sort of area. So yeah. I do have a little bit of a worry for that, that's why I'm, I'm looking for other things to replace it with.
2: Now did you use a uh, fluorescent bulb in yours? I know Claudia used a fluorescent bulb in her. I actually. did.
0: I, I, at first I wasn't, I was trying to use the bulb that, uh, that I had found, but it was like a 75 watt bulb. Yeah, too the much. The is too hot. So yeah, yeah. I, put, I switched it to a fluorescent bulb for that reason.
2: Yeah, yeah. If it's a fluorescent bulb, I don't think it's going to get hot enough to be a problem. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like mine. I I had a fluorescent bulb. I think you saw that in the video. Mm-hmm. But it was it was simply too tall. Mm-hmm. So I'm luckily I.
3: Above.
2: Yeah. So I had a few other bulbs lying around, and I, I used an incandescent one that was shorter. But uh, that's why I didn't put a, a top on my lens so the heat can get out. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Cool. But yeah, we can make anything you want. Uh, but I would say bring it so we can make sure we fit it correctly, or take very, very good measurements. That way, uh, because once I make it, it's made, and it's difficult to put it together. Well, and
0: the good thing about the way this thing is made is I can just take that part off.
2: Oh, that's because, even better. Yeah, yeah.
0: This the, the the projector comes apart pretty easily. So, or well, and, not not as easily actually. That's one of the, the things that, that was a pain in the ass. Is, you know, these Germans make their stuff with tiny little screws. Oh, yes, yes. It was very well put together. Taking the lens out of it was quite difficult um, because that's one of the things, you know, the thing that this, I wanted this lamp to do since it's a projector, it an enlarger. I wanted it to be still be able to show, shine the light, the light down through where the lens normally is and where the, the image would normally project to enlarge it. But I also wanted it to shine up through the top. Yeah. and the lens was actually making it so not a lot of light was coming through <laughs> so i had to remove the actual focusing lens oh the lens, lens
2: you put on oh that lens
0: okay yeah the focusing lens for the actual projector so i had to un- i had to take it apart completely and man did it have a lot of tiny screws and 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 then the tiny screws were extremely tightened in yeah. but you know there were 60 years of, of <laughs> tightened screws <laughs> so. So finally, yeah, took it all I, apart. But it was it was hard. That's one of the things that was harder for me to do is take this thing apart.
2: Yeah, I like your lamp um, as a uh, like a show off uh, piece because you can put a piece of art underneath right. and have it uh, illuminate that. So I, I like that. And then of course you get a little ambient light from the top as well.
0: Yeah, I think what I made is more of a sort of like a reading lamp or something. It's not it's not going to be bright enough where like it's going to light up a whole room. No. So then you could put it on a desk or next to a chair that you sit at. Sometimes you want a little bit of light.
2: But you know what would be cool is mounting it on the ceiling. You mount it upside down. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and the head actually there, yeah. turns too. Uh huh. So you could mount, mount it upside down and you could have it shoot two different directions. It's, so it's flexible in that sense.
2: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And of course, the viewers will be able to see fo- the photographs of mm-hmm. the, of your uh, lamps and uh, the videos will have posted as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But uh, I mean, so what else did you guys, uh, as, as you were doing this, what what sort of thing, what sort of adjustments did you have to make? What sort of uh, uh, hurdles did you have to jump through, if any, as you were doing it?
2: Well, mine was uh, was a little bit different, obviously, uh, since I was using, um, you know, scrap raw materials, so uh, which I think was a little bit more of a of a problem because um, the the actual making of the lamp wasn't that bad. I spent a long time looking at the parts Mm -hmm. examining them how am i going to put them together and then when i had a rough idea of the parts the positioning i had to figure out the position and i'm not sure if you picked that up in uh in the video in the beginning of the video i started one way and by by the time i was done it was it was different yeah
1: it was different design
0: exactly that you adjusted as you were making it
2: yes because as i got it together and i started thinking about you know running the wire and and having a tube to hide it because i didn't want that wire Attaching to the top, mm-hmm. so I, you know, conceal the wire, uh, and the and the connections and all that kind of stuff. And, and so as I started adjusting the planes, because that's what this is. Basically, they're intersecting planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to really describe it as anything, mm-hmm. uh, so you had two wood planes that kind of hold the the uh, strips together, like the like a, like the wheels of a like the spoke of a wheel, mm-hmm. the spokes of a wheel. Um, and so their adjustment, like where they're located. In relationship to each other was something I messed with for a long time. I would say, at least, if I had to think about it, probably three hours playing with it. I brought it inside, I moved it around, I sat it on the corner, I looked at it a little bit, flipped it upside down. I mean, it was it was a long process just to make the decision of where exactly these pieces were going to intersect. And uh, as a as a byproduct, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but uh, even though it has a bit of a modern design because of the materiality and its composition, and the fact that uh, the lamp is actually mostly not there, mm. it on top of that it has like a classical shape of an urn or a vase kind of shape yeah. to it.
0: I, I was gonna say it has a very uh, sort of mid-century look to it.
3: Yeah, completely.
0: Yeah. That's what I that's, that's what I took of it. Like, and and it's funny because they're all well, I don't know. I mean, I get the mid-century aesthetic. Kind of, Something to do with like the machines and how machines were made and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. So well, there's definitely like, an
2: industrial component involved in right. the mid-century uh, aesthetic.
0: Yeah, but I, I thought it was very mid-century. Design. I also
1: think it's throwback, right? I mean, it's, that's the idea that it's not it's it's not something that's, that you would buy. I like, think it's one of a kind too. Oh, absolutely. One so, of that's, a yeah. so that already mm-hmm. gives it that. I mean, that's the one thing about... Um, Mid-century furniture that I like. Whenever I see a piece, it's always a piece, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it has that that feel that you know it was a very limited edition.
2: Of Unless it was a like a Knoll piece,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there
2: are some exceptions, but yeah, yeah.
1: yeah but mean, even those, they weren't you know like completely mass manufactured, right? Or were they?
0: Um, there, there was the you know mass manufacturing. There aren't a lot of those pieces maybe left around because they were and inexpensive furniture, mm-hmm. so people didn't necessarily treat him the best, or got rid of them, But it was mass furniture. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and well, the Eames chair, the famous Eames chair, right. it was everywhere you looked. You saw right. that, right? What you don't see is a Garrett Rittvild. <laughs> you won't see those lying around here.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> but I tell you, I saw one at the swap shop once. Oh,
3: did
2: you? I saw a Garrett Ritville chair, and I, in, just in passing, they had it set in the back. Mm-hmm. And I was walking through there, and I, you know, it was in the back of my mind. I'm like, I know. I know that chair. I just don't know from what. And when I realized it, I was halfway down. I turned around to go look at it again, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. Somebody realized it before I did.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's how that goes. People, yeah. people especially <laughs> nowadays, people have an eye out for it. Yeah, they can see it. Um, but yeah, no. But I thought your lamp had the very mid-century look to it, and and I appreciated that. I I, I I like that's what I like most about it.
1: Yeah, the scale yeah. of it too. I really mm-hmm. like that too.
0: Yeah, and you yeah have it was sort
2: of a tabletop lamp. Yeah, like a yeah. tabletop or desk lamp. And as a matter of fact, ever since I've made it, I have it here in the living room, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, like if we're sitting watching TV or I'm on the computer or something, uh, the overhead lights might be a little too much. Mm-hmm. So I turn that on, and it seems to be just the right amount. Mm-hmm. I think I have a 40-watt bulb in there, so it's good for just illuminating, mm-hmm. you know, a third of the room. So mm-hmm. you're not complete complete in darkness, but you're not overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and uh, I think, I think what's clear as you're going to watch the videos is that because yours you were so, it was made out of a, 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 I don't want to say a kit of parts, but it was a parts that you had to put together into one. There's a much more clear look at the like okay, there's a process that he's going through as he's making it. With ours, since we were using a existing piece that we were converting into something, it was there was some sort of a path already laid out that we were going. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd see that. I think you, we see in your video, the the thought process and the changing and the adjusting. With ours, it was much more sort of a straight line. Like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, of course, you know, the difference is that, you know, I've got a shop at my disposal. Mm-hmm. So, what I like about about uh, the video for your guys' lamps is that it's kind of like, uh, you know, something that anyone can do. Mm-hmm. Anyone that might have an object that is, uh, especially if it's uh, predisposed to being converted into a lamp mm-hmm. uh, like something that once had a light in it that is no longer functional but still a beautiful piece mm-hmm. um, or something that could very easily be uh, converted like Claudia when you had to solve that problem of how to fit your your actual uh, light fixture the actual um, part that holds the light itself
0: the light, bulb. Mm-hmm.
2: the light bulb and and the uh, socket and all that when you have to fit it into your into your um, your light it was a huge difference in size, so you had to kind of devise how to bring those two scales together and combine the pieces. So I think it was a very clever, mm-hmm. uh, simple way to make that connection.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah. you would say that that's sort of like the most uh, the most back and forth you went on with it, right? Because we you kept thinking of what material the material I, I
1: would use. Yes, that mm-hmm. was the hardest part, and um, I also you know wanted to it to be something that I had laying around the house too um, because again you know just to not create more trash or to um, use trash that you know you have or things that you find at some point and you're like oh I could do something with this Um
0: you know when you tell people what you were going to do with that, with that, metal, that grit. Metal,
1: metal, crate, metal grit
0: metal grit you gonna use it for I was going to
1: use it for my um for uh, jewelry to hang my, my, uh, my earrings
3: and ah, create like okay. something
1: in my yeah like so that I, you know, like a little, like stand for. for majority and you of used
0: it for that for a little bit.
1: Oh, uh, I yeah, I think I used yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was it was kind of hard cutting it. Mm-hmm. Um, that Would like you use?
2: The the pliers, metal, so
1: pliers. Yeah, metal pliers. Yeah, metal pliers.
2: You didn't use like tin snips. You used like like uh, side cutters. Yeah. Yeah, side cutters. Yeah, those will be very difficult to cut that material. Yeah. Tin snips or aircraft snips would have made that very easy to do
1: yeah and the fact that it had to be uh round too and then you know it was two circles that i had to cut so yes. and it you know it didn't it didn't have to be like perfect mm-hmm. which is the other thing it, you know it just it just and it ended up working well because it was sturdy enough yeah,
0: it was rigid, enough. It was rigid yeah. enough
1: and it um the other thing is is that it's light enough too and it also it's metal so it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it fits the.
0: Yeah, because we had thought about using some pressboard and stuff like that. You had thought about, but you were worried about that. It, you know, that's yeah. combustible. It's yeah, alright. I did not yeah. want to have
1: paper in there. I didn't want mm-hmm. to have anything else, and I didn't want any something to be heavy, but mm-hmm. either. Yeah. So yeah, so that that ended up working well. Yeah, and for the
2: listeners, what uh, that material you chose, I think it's called an uh, an expanded wire mesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever seen how that's being manufactured. It's actually surprisingly beautiful and interesting
0: that starts Uh, as one sheet of metal right it
2: starts as a flat sheet of metal yeah and they punch these holes in it and they uh they put these uh spikes through it and it stretches the metal out into that mesh shape that you uh, wow it's very yeah very interesting and you would never even think that's how it's made but when you think of the all those pieces of metal all together because they all started as one piece Mm yeah
1: yeah, as so I was cutting, I mean, I was getting acquainted with every single one of
0: them. <laughs> yeah, and as you were cutting they were flying yeah. all over the place. Yeah.
2: And you know what? That, it's I I think that was a wise choice of material because mm-hmm. it also vents. It allows right. any heat or anything to vent right through the mesh. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a, quite a wise choice. It's non-combustible and it's an open weave that allows ventilation. So I think it was a very wise choice. Right,
1: cool. Yeah. The other thing that I had to do that post a little bit of a is the stripping of the wire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for for me, it was like okay, I've like, I've seen it done so you know like easily by mm-hmm. people like you know just snip it right off, <laughs> and I was just like, wait, I can't do this. I'm cutting them. The, cutting through the whole cutting wire. through the whole wire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so definitely, but we did that.
2: We did that together when we did the light table.
1: Exactly, and I, just I, forgot. I just completely forgot. But you know, I did give myself enough. Of cable for me to make mistakes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which I knew that was gonna happen, and then eventually I got it right.
0: So yeah, I mean, I mean that's the whole part of it, right? You gotta you going to make mistakes and you gotta
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Over- well, I gotta so.
2: tell you, you make mistakes all the time. I make mistakes all the time. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you know, even with the experience that I have, uh, sometimes it's something I don't quite think about I, that I miss, and sure enough, that's where the error lies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I gotta do it, start over. I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, because some some errors cannot be fixed.
0: Yeah, Yeah, as I I was cutting the the plastic part for this light, I actually was cutting two at the same time, because I just uh had a feeling I was going to mess one up. And as I needed to trim it, I'm like, all right, well, I'll trim this one first. I have the other one right there. Just in case. Just in case,
3: yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: You know, and that's actually a very wise way to make things. So uh, at work, you know, my machine shop, um, sometimes, and you know I do either a large production, like thirty thousand pieces, or I can do one or two or you know five pieces. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. whatever the customer wants. But when you're only doing one or two or three pieces, it is very easy to ruin one. Right. So a lot of times, if let's say if I'm making three pieces, I will actually make four or five mm-hmm. because especially the more steps that are involved, the more processes or setups to making a part, the greater the likelihood of one of those setups being misaligned and you ruin the part.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So a lot of times if I'm doing one, I make two. If I'm doing two, I'll do three. If I'm doing four, I'll do five. I'll either make an extra one. If I'm doing a hundred, I'll make two or three extras
3: mm-hmm.
2: because there's sometimes there's unforeseen things. A, a bit can break or uh, the part wasn't held as firmly as you thought and it, and it fall. You know, comes out of the out of the vice. So there's so many things. So I think it was actually, I don't know if you did it intentionally with that in mind, but it's always wise uh, to have either enough material to make a second one or to do, if if it's a simple part, you can just have the material. And if you use it, if you need it, you have it. And if you don't, it's not a big deal. If it's a complicated part with a lot of processes, you really want to think about making more than one just in case. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And what I find is that when you prepare that way, you never need it.
0: No, absolutely. I think that's something I learned in, in architecture school, where like I know a lot of people would go and like when they start to make the model, they would buy just the right amount of stuff to make the, the one amount. model. Yeah. And it's like, no, you gotta buy, you gotta buy like at least one and a half times because you're gonna mess stuff up, and then you have the extra material there. Even if you don't use it, at least you have that backup. You know, yeah. well, if sure. you need if you need five screws, you get ten of them. Course, because you're gonna drop one, and if you buy you bought five exactly, you drop one, you lose one, (laughs) now you're screwed. Now you gotta go out and buy five, you buy just the one screw, yeah, you know,
2: yeah. Well, and especially when you uh, when you recall, you know, all those sleepless nights in the studio and you're tired and Mm -hmm. you cut something the wrong length or what have you, uh, there's a lot of human error that plays into that,
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but when you plan for it, it's just never seems to happen,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's a good thing, that's uh, such a good thing, yeah. Mm Oh, cool. um, the other thing, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate it, Ray's um, how you focused on the finished look, because mm-hmm. you, you know to 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 make sure that the the finishes were done right, and it you know for instance when you were um, sanding the metal, oh yes, right, and you were very careful on how you sanded the metal, and you know if it and if it had to be that you were gonna do it by hand, then. You know, this is a one-of-a-kind piece. So then, go ahead and take the extra time to do it by hand, yes. because then, then you get a better product. Mm-hmm. So making those decisions um, on rather than on saving time, but more on the quality. So it's mm-hmm. quality control. You're you're all, you're almost like imposing quality control onto yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's I think it's really cool too when you when you're creating these products because um, there's that there's that you know like, sort of like. Personal ethics that comes in into play, and you're like, well, I want it to look good, so therefore, okay, if it means I have to put more time into it, then that's fine.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. And for the listeners who who are not familiar, if they haven't seen the videos yet, uh, what Claudia is talking about is is uh, had the aluminum parts that I wanted to give it that brushed aluminum look, uh, because the the pieces I used were in fact scrap, mm-hmm. and because they were scrap, they were sitting outside and. And uh, some people may not be aware that aluminum will oxidize, and it gets pitted and changes color. And and because it was scrap, it had scratches on it. So as part of the uh, of the process of before assembly, I took some sandpaper, and I explained in the video that to, if you wanted to get that brushed aluminum look, and by the way, this works for stainless steel too. And this is a this is a technique we use in the shop all the time. Uh, and you, as long as you're going only in one direction, you cannot change direction. You cannot. Uh, do any diagonal movements you got to go in one direction lift it up set it back down again and, and go in, in only one direction you get a beautiful i mean it is just a gorgeously beautiful grained effect on the surface of the metal mm-hmm. and uh i did it obviously for practical reasons because since they were scrap pieces they were in uh, they were straight but in terrible um uh, visual shape you know they, they didn't have that nice finish on it so i, I think it worked out well
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah good. good. Well, um, what else? Uh anything else we want to talk about we wanna say about the project the project? Yeah.
3: Did I mean, you uh mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no
0: go, go
2: ahead, go Did you guys save any of the parts that you took out for uh, something in the future? Was there anything in there that was uh, had potential?
0: Um I've kept i I've kept that we still have actually I I'm looking at the bag that has all the the pieces that came out of the lights. It's right there. Um, yeah, we've kept everything so far. Um, because the lenses really, I'm sure
2: you can use for something.
0: Right, I've kept the lens and it's actually kind of cool. It has, you know, the, the little focusing lens and everything. So I've kept that for now.
2: Um, to uh, cook ants outside? Is that
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. I actually have a couple of lenses like that. Um, and I'm not quite sure what I'll do with that. That I it could, think it could stay. I think a lot of the stuff that came out of Claudius lamp, unfortunately, because it's made... To work at a the theater light, like
2: with like big high wattage bulbs, high
0: wattage bulbs, and, and specialty bulbs.
3: Yeah,
0: and not know what to yeah, connection the, even with a specialty connection.
3: Yes, yeah, so you know
2: that, what? You know, You're yeah. just reminding me, specialty connection. I have a very old lamp in my basement that uses a mogul hmm. size socket. Well, I don't know if you've ever even heard I of it. I don't
0: think I've ever heard that, no.
2: Imagine, you know how a regular light screws in? Yeah. But two to three times bigger. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is massive. So it is hard to find bulbs for it. So that's why it just sits down there in the basement.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this bulb that was in in your lamp actually had a built-in, like the light bulb itself was wired to the lamp. Oh, really? Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I think when you got rid of this lamp, you just got rid of the whole lamp.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Like it was soldered in or something?
0: Yeah, yeah it, it, has, it had a connector in the back that mm-hmm. was soldered into the actual full-on wiring of the lamp.
2: Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense because you're that way the electrical connection will not suffer from corrosion. Right. So you have a good, solid connection. You didn't have to worry about it going bad and having to go check, mm-hmm. you know, 400 lights.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of these theaters, if the, one of the lights went out, they would take the light out, replace it, and then there was somebody's job to probably fix the entire light and yeah. they would just reconnect the whole thing.
2: So. Very cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you could do something out of those lenses. Was there anything else in that in that projector that would uh, um, be of use? Uh,
0: not really. I mean, because it's a fairly simple enlarger. There is this, um, this two sort of like almost Fresnel-like lenses. Yes. But I've left that in it because it made a, it sort of Took the light of the light bulb and it would focus it very yes. well down, down onto the the base.
2: So limits the spread.
0: Right. Without that, the light was so diffused that that it, it was almost like it was just too diffused. So I placed yes. those lenses in there to to focus it a little more and make oh. more of a hot spot for the for the item that could be on the base. So, um, well, but other you know, than that, there wasn't much in that limb, in that uh, in that projector, or in larger.
2: Huh. Very good. Well, i will tell you this i have four of those strips left if you guys have any ideas if you wanted to use it for something because hmm. i had a total of 12 and i used eight of them so i still have four more yeah, four. you
0: know i almost wondered like if there's a, an item that could be made that goes along with a lamp huh like a shade uh, like a sh- i'm thinking like a shade or like even you know, other, de- since it's like a, a, desk, a desk lamp, lamp yeah. you could, om- I wonder if you could om- make like a business card holder or something like that, that could match it, you know? No, it's not a business ah, card holder, but something hmm. along the- another desk item. And I'm to
2: Interesting. Think, you know.
0: I'm trying to think what you could make. Like a, like, an inbox, <laughs> like an <laughs> inbox. Like an inbox. A tray. Yeah, like a tray, like an inbox tray. Yeah, an, an inbox a, tray. Yeah. Or, or even just a tray, actually.
1: Yeah, just just one tray would be really, like, a yeah. nice, elegant tray would be really cool. To match. To match, to match yeah.
0: Mm, with only four
2: strips.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because the four strips could go along the long side, and then it's a, a piece of wood that they're attached to or something, and you carry it by the strips or something, I don't know. Oh. Huh. Yeah. But the profile, that profile would be there, right? That sort of yes, a profile. Yes, that profile. <laughs> I don't know, something like that is what I would think. It's something that almost accompanies the lamp, you know? Yeah.
2: Something to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think with Claudia's lamp, we still, one thing that we got to find is a clamp. Because, you know, the, the way this lights used to hang, they used to sort of be clamped onto something. And I think it'd be nice to figure out a way of hanging it that way that it has a clamp and then you could actually move it to different locations and whatnot.
2: You know what'll be cool? And I used mentioned mention clamp is to clamp out around the big diameter.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. We could clamp the clamps on the large diameter of it. Yeah. And maybe with a separate stand. Yeah. Like, you know, make it a... Uh, I'm not sure what they call those, I guess, library lamps or something. That, that mm-hmm. they're. You know, they're a, a room lamps. I'm not sure would you would call it. About five feet tall or so and illuminates a larger area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because you're clamping around that large part, you can swivel it and adjust it. Mm-hmm. It could be facing up or down or sideways.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, think it could do is it could sit on... We have, we, we still have one of those tripods. I know you took when the survey of stripe tripod. I do, I have that. Had. I was
2: looking at it, and I'm like, you know, not this time around. Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost used it. You almost but used it. I almost used it, and I said, like, uh, we'll save it for the next time.
0: Yeah, We still have one of the, we have the wooden tripod. Maybe you could sit on top of that or mm-hmm. something. That could be something, yeah. Yeah, that, would, no, that
1: wouldn't be bad either, yeah.
0: Yeah, hmm. yeah we got to find something. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, I Very think. Cool fun project I think we we're gonna try and do another one actually probably fairly soon I don't wanna let's not give it away yet but uh, I think there might be another one coming up similar to this another project that we might do
2: you uh, have an idea for something
0: I do and I sort of mentioned it to you guys I don't wanna you know we're, <laughs> we're recording right now but we'll, we'll talk about it after uh, okay but I do have an idea for something and uh, and we'll talk about it then yeah so I mean I think that's that's good for this we'll wrap up the main topic, and we'll move on to product of the week. Okay. So, for the product of the week, I added this this week, and it's called the Renegade. Um, and it's basically a 3D pen, a 3D printing pen. Um, it's on Kickstarter currently. But the unique thing about this uh, 3D printing pen is that it doesn't use the traditional filament that most 3D printers use, which is like a, like, it's typical, is like a, a 1.75 millimeter filament. This uses recycled bottles as the filament. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember, I know we, we've talked before, in The I was working on one of these things to sort of make the, the strips out of bottles. I haven't finished it because we moved and I haven't had a chance to get back onto it. But basically, that's what this is doing, is you take a a water bottle or a soda bottle, you run it through a device that actually comes with the printer, and it makes, you know, different width strips, like half an inch width strips of the bottle, and you feed it into this pen, and then you can use the pen to make 3D printed items. What do you guys think about this?
2: Well, I thought this was great. And uh, in particular, because the innovation is not the 3D printed 3D printing pen because uh, you know there was one that, that came out a couple of years ago and I think you've tr- actually tried that 3D printing pen uh, and I don't remember the name of it now.
0: Yeah, so, you're thinking of the 3D doodler.
2: Yes. Now it's been out. I think what two or three years. A couple uh, of years. Now yeah. it's been yeah, it's been a few years. So the innovation is not the pen. The innovation is the ma- the materiality that the print that the pen uses to print its its the uh, um, uh, you know objects, mm-hmm. so that is where the true innovation is, and I think it's a fantastic innovation. As as you mentioned, most three D printers, including the uh, the Doodler, uses proprietary mm-hmm. uh, filaments, which are very expensive. That's probably the most expensive part of three D printing is the uh, the purchasing of the <laughs> the material <laughs> that you use. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, you know the operation of the printers is not so bad, but the filament will, is where they really eats you up. So I do like how it is uh, very simple. It, it builds on the existing technology that's already been out that enough people have seen. So it's, uh, they're tapping into a, a market demand that already exists. And they uh, said, you know what? Instead of spending money on all this plastic that you would have to buy, just use what you already have at home. Right. And here is the tool that helps you use that stuff. Right. So I, I think that that is a very clever uh, innovation a uh, very uh, good way of reusing existing plastics. And we had talked about that on many of our previous podcasts mm-hmm. about being able to recycle your own plastics at home. Uh, I know we talked about it when we uh, brought up uh, Dave Hacken's project, sure. yep. uh, Precious Plastics Project. Yep. And uh, every time we bring up the replicator and all that <laughs> mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I think that the real innovation, not the pen, but the material in which it allows you to use because it is abundant and you're going to either throw it away which I hope our listeners wouldn't do mm-hmm. uh, or more than likely recycle already. Right. And if you don't have enough, guess what? You can go to your neighbor next door and get theirs. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: What do you think? See, I like I like that idea of going going to your neighbors because I I, I completely agree with you. This is like a, a great um, product. I, I like the name of the of the shredder as well, Chupa Cut. Plastic bottle <laughs> shredder. <laughs> like, I have no idea why they call it, like, maybe it Chupacabra. Maybe like chupacabra. Mm-hmm. And I think it looks like a like a lollipop.
3: Yeah, I it does. Yeah,
1: like right. a, so maybe it comes from like chupa chup. So I don't yeah. know. But um, you know the other the, you know just thinking of like a negative thing to say about this, which you really can't find anything. Uh, would be that you end up drinking a lot more soda, <laughs> right? Because And then, you know, it's it's different types of soda, right? Because you want to be able to have different types of color
3: mm-hmm. of
1: plastic, right? Yeah, yeah, um, for true. your kids to be able to play with, right? So, you you know, you end up drinking a lot of Mountain Dew, which Jose already, already does anyway. Yeah. And then you're, like, drinking other, like, orange drinks, you know, and, like, you know, stuff that's really not good for you. Um, but... The, the fact that you can actually go to your neighbors and, mm-hmm. you know, like as a kid, start collecting, mm-hmm. you know, the, the plastic bottles from your friends, neighbors, family, and every, everybody else to use so that you're creating something. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think this is, it, it's great because it uses the plastic bottle. Um, and it doesn't, you know, there is... The this this one is at seventy nine dollars basically if you pledge now which by the way will be funded they've gotten their money, um, the three D doodler was uh, I believe a hundred bucks ninety ninety some dollars I think now you can get it slightly cheaper for like seventy as well, um, there was a company that came out with another one that was called the Da Vinci three D pen and that one was at fifty but both of those use uh, filament and you usually have to buy their filament because it has to be straight, even though it uses a fairly standard filament of the point 1.75 millimeters. You have you want to buy theirs because it's a straight rod basically, as mm-hmm. opposed to a spool. You know, then you would have to sit there cutting the spool and then it's curved and then it doesn't work as well. And dispenser already hard to use as it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked it because it's using the bottle. Um, and you know some of the samples that they give. I think there's a learning curve to using this pens as we, Claudia and I learned when we tried doing it at, at Maker Faire. Um, but I think for a kid, this is great. You know, it teaches them recycling. It teaches them to make stuff. It, it it's an introduction into 3D printing for them.
2: And um, that little, uh, that little uh, pig ball. I don't know what mm-hmm. that was. Some kind of Pokemon thing or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that was because they have a video of that project and how it goes together. It gives them a good idea of of uh, structural composition, uh, how things are assembled, how things are uh, created, duplication. It, it has a lot of uh, other factors of that learning process of using the pen that are involved in general making. That I think it's a very useful, powerful tool for a uh, uh, for a beginner and you know I, I like I say kids because uh, it, it appears to be marketed in that direction very uh, young users but I, I think there's a lot of people uh, maybe even close to our age range That would find this a very entertaining tool uh, to to have in the house
0: no absolutely and I've I've heard of that there are artists out there that are starting to try and use this uh, 3d pens to create more 3d art I mean, I think some of the examples that they give here are clearly like there's a pot with some flowers in it that is just uh, amazing that it was done with this pen, especially if they're trying to use one of these pens. Yeah. Like somebody did that, did a lot of practice or great talent using it. So, yeah, I think it's clearly marketed towards kids, but yeah, I think it's for anybody that could use this. And, and the $70 actually gets you both the pen and the device to cut the, the water bottles, which, yeah. is, which is great.
2: And I think that's very reasonable. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So,
0: All right,
1: cool. Yeah, thumbs up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The Renegade, right? Renegade? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so... Are you, you guys
2: going to sign up for one?
0: Uh No, I'm still waiting for my 3D printer from Kickstarter. Yeah, what's <laughs> the story know. with that? Uh, they started shipping out, but I'm towards the back of the, the delivery, so... You're hopefully...
2: bringing up the caboose of that train.
0: Yeah, so hopefully in the next... uh. Which is not bad because, you know, with any first product, the first ones have been having some issues that they're going to be ironing out as it gets towards our production part of it. Yes, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, hopefully in a, in a month or so, we'll be getting our 3D printer. So, I don't know that I want to jump in another train. <laughs> of that.
1: Just, well, yet. Yeah, not just yet. Just, just yeah. yet. Finish this one first. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: let me get this one first and then I might More back another one. <laughs> I'm actually waiting for a... Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. I'm waiting for like a CNC machine or a 3d laser cutter that's like you know small for a household or something yeah
2: well, well you know if you're if you're looking for a laser I can keep an eye out being in the position that I'm in with all yeah. the equipment uh, I don't have to go looking for it. people come to me mm-hmm. uh, with stuff so if you're interested in one uh, you know the laser we have mm-hmm yeah. Uh, I bought that one for $3,000. No, I know. And
0: it's huge.
2: It is massive. Yeah. And, it's, and it's funny because the only reason I was able to get it is that the people who had it before, and I think they paid $25,000 for that laser, they had it and they couldn't get it to work right. Mm-hmm. So I combed, I, we bought the machine, I combed it top to bottom. And what I found out was that they didn't have the lenses aligned. They didn't have the lenses properly aligned, which is a, it's a procedure you have to al- yeah. you have to do to align the lenses. Mm-hmm. And here's the the kicker: they had too much um, anti too much uh, glycol mm-hmm. in the coolant, and mm-hmm. that actually interferes with the uh, with the laser beam itself. Mm-hmm. So two minor things, and we've had a laser for five years that we got for three thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, so,
0: and it's an enormous laser, which is great because a lot of the small lasers you can like only do like eleven by seventeen cuts or whatever. Yeah. You guys can do what? What's the size of that? Like three feet by four feet or something? Uh,
2: yeah, the table is probably four feet wide and mm-hmm. uh and three feet deep. But here's the thing: the doors in the back and the front open up, so uh, you can put a four by eight sheet in there and just shift it down. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. So very useful. Mm-hmm. But I can keep an eye out for you if you want, like a desktop unit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next time one comes around and I, or I see something, I'll let you know.
0: Cool. Yeah, sounds good. All right, well, good. That's uh, the product of the week. And uh, this is normally the part of the show where we, we move to this segment of what we're we working on. But we just talked a lot about no, we, stuff just we have been working <laughs> on. So I think we might skip that. Instead, I do want to mention... Uh, we've mentioned this person before on the show. So I want to mention that uh, Dr. Magyar, his new book is going to be out soon. He just posted in Facebook. A, uh, and I'll share his uh, his uh, post in the in the Maid page probably. But he just posted about his new book that's going to be coming out. And uh, I think it'd be great for everybody to go out and pre-order it and buy it. Yeah, I <laughs> think
2: it's uh, on Amazon is where he's mm-hmm. marketing it.
0: Yep. So I'll put links to that for everybody. But uh, for those that have not heard before, Dr. Magyar was the, um, he wasn't the dean, he was the director of the School of Architecture when we were all going to school there. And uh, he's got a bunch of books out. He's a, a great, sweet man. He's the like, probably the best uh, drawer that I've ever seen. The, 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 yeah, the
3: freehand sketcher. sketcher. Yeah, yeah the
0: best freehand sketcher I've ever met. So... I think his books are definitely worth it. We have a couple. Uh, uh, Yeah, so everybody go out and check it out.
1: The name of the book is Palladian Space Neurons and Other Roots of Infinity.
0: Nice. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just check out. It's worth whatever the book. The book could be like about mowing lawns, but his drawings (laughs) are going to be so amazing it'd be worth it.
2: Yeah, beautiful drawings. Yeah. Yeah. And all his books are like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to do it for the show, unless anybody else has something they want to share. Um, yeah. No? no. Any, yeah, any, much, any quick wrap-up?
2: Uh, no, I think that this was a very fun project. I look forward to the next one we can do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe, what would you call it, the first annual?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think maybe when we do biannual, Bi-annual, maybe? Yeah, or maybe when we do the second annual lighting project, maybe we can get some uh, listeners involved and everybody can... Maybe next time we do that light, oh, yeah. lighting project, we'll and go. they could submit
2: pictures of their lights and all
0: that. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll open it up to everybody. Yeah. yeah.
1: And also, I think just the encouragement of of getting uh, our listeners and just other people, you know, just regular folks. Again, mm-hmm. going back to what our main mission is, mm-hmm. is to get people to start making and you mm-hmm. know like encourage people to to make. So this is one of the one of the ways, you know, you you start you know like challenging. Doing you know doing a challenge with your friends yeah. and seeing what you can do and have fun,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, over, you know spend a weekend doing something like this and then share it with each other and see what mm-hmm. what comes up out of that. Mm-hmm. So if we can do that more, more of that, and um, yeah. show people that, that that can be done
0: and do stuff out of your comfort zone, you know, yes. like you you Claudia, hadn't really, really wired a lamp before. You had done it with Ray helping you, but it's, this you did by yourself. So, yes. yeah, I'll tell like you, she started. was
2: nervous back then too
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> She was this time as well uh-huh. yeah.
1: It's, it's always Electricity is what really makes me nervous mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> And you know, that's interesting Because a lot of people find electricity mysterious mm-hmm. And because they don't understand it They, they are a little scared of it mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, electricity has been around a long time We've been using it, we've been mastering it It's really nothing to be afraid of uh, As long as you understand it So if you don't understand it don't mess with it
0: <laughs> right yeah but even then it's not hard to understand like if no. you see a diagram i mean basically electricity almost flows like water right it has it goes and it goes in a loop
2: the path of least resistance is yeah. what it likes yeah
0: yeah mm. so
2: as a matter of fact my uh, my wife in our previous house i uh, i showed her how to do uh wiring of a three-way switch mm. and then i let her do all the rest nice. i showed her one and she did all the rest ran the wires did all the wiring uh, she never wants to do that again.
0: <laughs> mm, and that house burned down to you now, it didn't. No, it didn't. It's still standing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but
2: yeah, she was definitely not comfortable with it when we started. And then by the time she was done, she mastered the, the wiring of a three-way switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and three-way switches are not, are not easy.
2: No, and there's, I think, four different ways to wire up a three-way switch. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's not such a simple thing.
0: Mm.
3: But,
2: but yeah, Claudia, you bring up some very good points. And, you know, some people might say, well, I don't know how to design this or I don't know how to do that. Uh, you know, we all went to school for design. We, design is something you can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then making things uh, are basically uh, refining technical abilities. Right. So uh, you can learn that, too. I think the only thing that you cannot learn is desire you got to have the desire. You have to want to make something. And I think the rest of it you can learn.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes even in your need, right? Um, you know, like this particular in this particular case, if you needed a lamp, mm-hmm. right, for yourself, or you just moved to a new place, mm-hmm. rather than going out and buying yourself a lamp, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing around, well, what do I have mm-hmm. that I can, I can repurpose to make a new lamp for myself?
0: Yeah. Well, and I understand for a lot of people that are going to be like, I need a lamp, I'm just going to go buy whatever I can from wherever. But this is what's also about having something that's unique, you know. If, I, if you know, race lamp, somebody walks in and sees it, and he's the like, oh, where'd you get that? And then there's a story behind it. Like, no, I put it together. The same thing if I have a projector sitting next to my desk, and somebody's like, oh, why do you have a projector? I'm like, no, I made it into a lamp. It's like the uniqueness of it is something you... You just cannot buy at Target or Walmart or whatever.
2: Yeah, you can't buy the story,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. And how good do you feel afterwards? Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. Cool. So good, Yeah, so hopefully this encourages some people to do to go make some stuff. Um, we're gonna keep doing some of these projects throughout. We'll do like that. will we'll, in a year's time we'll do a lighting one that involves everybody. If you have other projects that you think we should try our hand at, do it. I think oh, maybe yeah. maybe what we'll do is. Um, maybe a project on the line is how I'm gonna come up with something that that you guys are not as comfortable with <laughs> and I'm we should
1: thinking do that with each other.
3: good try yeah.
2: no
1: I'm thinking crochet or maybe knitting you know uh-huh. winter is coming up so Ray maybe can start like, you know a nice little hat and you, you for know Claudia. what the thing
2: is you're thinking that that that's something I haven't tried <laughs> while I was in the army I was stationed in Korea and I put together a loom in my uh, in my room oh, with great. some co hangers and I wove my own fabric out of a loom. So if you think you're going to find something I'm not comfortable with, you are sadly mistaken.
0: <laughs> I bet I can find
1: something. Okay. It's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. Oh, all right, cool. Great.
0: Well, great. Thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully it's inspired you to make some stuff and uh, come back next week. Oh, very quickly, where can people find out uh, Find out about more about you guys?
1: Uh, for me, that's uh, thecityecologist.com and, and Twitter, cityecologist. Cool. And yeah, yeah, you can find, I'm going to be posting uh, a, I, this morning I was on a radio station. Right. Uh, yeah, so I'll be posting some of the recordings for some of those guest appearances that I've been doing. On.
0: Cool. That'll yep. be interesting. And Ray, you've got, of course, your Facebook group.
2: Yep, uh, F- uh, Homemade Lathe Facebook group. We'll have a link to that. And uh, my, my YouTube channel, which is, it's gibberish, so it's very hard
0: to... <laughs> but I think to... if they search for Ray Peña, they'll find it.
2: Yeah, I think there are maybe a couple of Ray Peñas, uh, but I think I will come up uh, on the top because I've got uh, so many videos. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, and uh, I am at City Aperture on Twitter, and uh, that's also the name of the website that I have. And now there's also, of course, the Made Podcast, www.madepodcast.com Yes. And... Uh, Yeah. So also the Facebook
2: page, of course. Yep,
0: the Facebook page all goes by that name. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a review on whatever you're listening at, whether it's SoundCloud or Stitcher Radio or iTunes. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for
1: listening.
2: Thank you. Good
1: night.